So I've been watching the uh, Bulls documentary on Netflix, The Last Dance. It's pretty, uh, pretty crazy. I got to say, it's one of those things you watch it. And, you know, I was four years old when Michael Jordan played his last uh, game for the Bulls. So my recollection, little spotty of that time, got to say. But holy crap. It's just <laughs> that whole documentary might as well just be. It's just an ad. It's an advertisement for Michael Jordan's the greatest human being to ever walk the earth. <laughs> Like everything is like he signed his deal with Nike. They were this small upstart company. It's his like beginning of his career, rookie year, hasn't done anything. They're like, okay, if we sell $3 million worth of Jordans in the first three years on this contract, that's a success. That's what we're looking for. And then his agent's like, we sold $126 million worth of Jordans in the first year. The whole documentary is just, hey, here's an expectation we set of Michael Jordan, and here's where Michael Jordan came in. <laughs> he just, everything is just, and then Michael Jordan just came in, and Michael Jordan did. He just was the greatest. <laughs> the whole documentary is like, he's a decade into his career, and people are still going, I don't think he's the best. <laughs> And then he just is the best. <laughs> Everything is like, yeah, we know he's the only player in modern time to lead a team to a three-peat. But maybe, like, maybe it's all hype. <laughs> Every other, and I guess that's what you got to tell yourself if you're going to play Michael Jordan in basketball, like you can't go into it going, the guy in the other team is just the greatest player to ever play the game. So I think we're probably screwed. <laughs> you can't enter a game with that mentality. So you've got to tell yourself in the locker room, I know, I know Jordan's been playing for a while now and we've seen that he's the best in the game, obviously. And, uh, you know, we've all lost to Jordan before in this room, but Maybe this time, guys. <laughs> Maybe it's all hype. I think I think the last 20 times we've lost to Jordan might have been a fluke. So, you know, let's go out there with a lot of confidence like we think we're going to win, and maybe that'll do it. <laughs> Every player who had to play Michael Jordan was just subscribing to The Secret. The Secret hadn't come out yet on paperback, but all of them, every person was just like, Maybe if I visualize myself beating Michael Jordan. <laughs> Maybe if in my heart I believe that I can do it, that's all that it'll take for me to be able to beat MJ. <laughs> it's just about having to want it bad enough. Even me, if I wanted it bad enough, I could beat MJ. <laughs> oh, what other, what other field is that? That's like... That's the, it's, it's sort of the thing in movies of like the one samurai who's out there and he's like, oh, I know there's a whole army that I got to face. It's Jon Snow in the Battle of Winterfell episode where he's unsheathing his sword, uh, Longclaw. Sure. I know the name of Jon Snow's sword. I know it. Um, he's unsheathing Longclaw as all the horses are coming down on him. That's. 
Every team that was playing Michael Jordan and the Bulls in the 90s, according to this documentary at least, was just Jon Snow facing down a wall of horses, except the cavalry never arrived. (laughs) What happened in reality was instead of the cavalry uh, arriving to back up Jon Snow, the horses pulled out missile launchers every time. (laughs) Turns out the horses horses all had laser swords. <laughs> all the horses were Jedi in this. The horses were just all Obi-Wan Kenobi. They pulled up their hoods, pulled out the lightsaber, and then just proceeded to wipe the floor with Jon Snow. <laughs> but in his heart, Jon Snow was like, you know what? I think maybe I could do it this time. <laughs> Just consistently seeing Michael Jordan be dominant and players still having the ego in press conferences before the game to go, you know what, I think we've really got a chance this time. (laughs) Who were these people? Who, Who has this level of confidence? There are times that I don't have the confidence to get out of bed in the morning. Just a dark day where you're like, oh, you know, mm, I... I just can't do it, man. I gotta, I gotta stay in bed. I gotta, you know, I gotta take a me day on this one. And there were people who had the confidence and ability to get up and play basketball against Michael Jordan. That's the real story of that documentary that we should be paying attention to, is that there were, for several years, people who were willing to play basketball against Michael Jordan. Why? It's, we know the outcome. Oh, man. And just in the middle, he dipped for 18 months to go and help the Looney Tunes win a championship against some aliens who all worked for Danny DeVito. I also watched Space Jam this week. (laughs) And that movie holds up. I loved that movie when I was a kid. Me and my friends, we would watch it on repeat over and over again. We didn't, we were too young to realize that like Michael Jordan was a real person and that he was, you know, actually that good. We were just like, oh, he's the guy from Space Jam. (laughs) We were too, our, my, you know, our parents were too middle class to be buying us $200 Jordans to put on our feet when we were growing out of them every year. So we didn't have that frame of reference either. We were just like, he's the guy who helped Bugs Bunny. That's who he is. (laughs) It wasn't until I was like 15 years old that I realized the guy had played some basketball in this time. <laughs> I thought I thought Michael Jordan was a fictional character. Didn't know he was real. I thought he was like Luke Skywalker. If you <laughs> me me realizing Michael Jordan was a real person was like at the same level of me going like, yeah, but like Luke Skywalker's always also real, right? Like Mark who? No, that's Luke Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> the moment that I found out that Mark Hamill voiced the Joker, I was like, wait, you're telling me like Luke Skywalker finished taking down the Empire and then became an actor? And they're like, no, Mark Hamill played Luke Skywalker. I'm like, but Michael Jordan's real and Luke Skywalker are real. These are things I know for a fact. <laughs> Oh, Lord. Michael Jordan. It's so unreal because you watch it and like they had 
like, obviously, you watch the documentary, there was a team with him. But the documentary's really about Michael. Like, Scottie Pippen's in it. Every other episode. Dennis Rodman is mentioned in, like, one episode. They have done Dennis Rodman interviews. Having said that, Dennis Rodman looked like he was having a blast in the 90s. <laughs> and he's still having a blast. Playing basketball with Kim Jong-un. Will, you know, it's it's yet to be seen if he will continue to play basketball with Kim Jong-un. But I think, I would like to think he would. It's, uh, or maybe Kim Jong-un, you know, develops a relationship with a different member of the 90s Bulls. <laughs> he, maybe, or maybe he, maybe Kim Jong-un's not a basketball guy. Maybe Kim Jong-un, the uh, alien clone of Kim Jong-un, who, uh, you know, we discussed my love for last episode. Maybe, maybe he's more of a golf guy. Maybe Tiger Woods. Maybe Tiger Woods is going over to North Korea. I, it's, you know, it is worth noting, probably not golf. Because Kim Jong-il was uh, noted as, I believe, <laughs> I can't remember if it was, the propaganda was Kim Jong-il has only ever shot holes in one. <laughs> or, or Kim Jong-il had played like one game where he shot 18 for 18. Regardless, that's amazing. <laughs> what a crazy idea. Like dictatorships are so hilarious because a big founding principle of them is just a complete lack of self-awareness on the part of the dictator. Because <laughs> it really is just, hey, look, I, you, I think you have to be deluded enough to go, hey, I should be the only one who has any say in how this country is ran. Therefore, I need... I, is it, like, is it that they have to tell their country like they have do you think it is that they have to convince people that they're the greatest and that's why they do it or do you think it is legitimately that to be a dictator requires such a high level of self-delusion that you're like oh i'm gonna just i'm gonna i'm gonna adjust this mic it requires such a high level of self-delusion that you believe that. That you're like, no, I did. Like, I shot 18 for 18. <laughs> sure, I didn't see any of them go in. It was just when I got up to the front, I closed my eyes every time I drove, and then when I got to the hole, there was a ball in the hole. Did my sycophantic sycophantic yes men uh, uh, officers and generals make sure that there was a ball in the hole where I got there there's no way to know I think I choose to believe using the power of the secret and the uh, ability to visualize my own success that I achieved this honestly and without any input from anyone else and that's what I choose to believe and that's the world I choose to live in <laughs> that's what I like to think it is, is they're just like, no, yeah, I did that. Like, another thing about Kim Jong-il that was 
told around was that his mother birthed him on top of a famous mountain, thus disgracing all doctors in North Korea because she did it without the aid of doctors. And that's why there's no doctors in North Korea. <laughs> Which is like one of those funny things. Of it, it's killing two birds with one stone. You have people in the streets going, hey, why can't I get health care? And you're going, well, it's, it's not because we've failed as a state and can't, you know, get you health care. We can't keep doctors and learned people here. It's because I'm so great that I was born without, I as your hero, as your Superman, was born on a mountaintop without the aid of doctors. So there's no more doctors because they all fled in disgrace. It's not because I'm doing a bad job. It's because I'm so supernaturally great as it is that we don't even need them anymore. What you should do is instead of asking me, hey, why don't we have doctors? You should be trying to live up to my example of not needing doctors even for being born. <laughs> That's, and that's what I'm, I'm throwing it back at you. Kim, a dictator is just a shitty boyfriend who, <laughs> his girlfriend finds some texts on his phone that are a little suspicious. And it's like, hey, who's Charlene? And he goes, who's, who's anyone? <laughs> Maybe what you should be doing is asking what you did to make me cheat on you. <laughs> Why are there no doctors? What have you done to need a doctor? <laughs> Ask yourself that. Why did you get sick? <laughs> Dictators are shitty boyfriends. They're just, for one, they're lip, they're just mooching off you. They don't have a job. They're just, they're just mooching off your hard-earned success and giving you nothing in return. <laughs> They're just taking all of your money, <laughs> taking all of the crops. <laughs> and then they have the audacity to be like, you need me. <laughs> it's just, it's an emotionally abusive relationship. That's what dictators are. And I think that's what we need to come to accept. And also realize that maybe that's the way to go. Maybe that's, you know what? We all, I think we've all had bad relationships and the good thing about bad relationships is you can learn from them and I think maybe that's what we need. I think we've gotten too soft. I think we need a dictator to come in so we can know how good we've got it. <laughs> the amount of people out in the street at anything any politician does who are just like, this is the, just so much level of anger. Can you imagine if it was like, hey, <laughs> imagine if they lived in a real dictatorship, <laughs> secret police and shit. And don't get me wrong. There are certain countries to the south of us right now who are trying to get that done. <laughs> They're trying to grant me my wish. They're trying to show us how bad it can really get. <laughs> Oh, such a shitty boyfriend. That's great. 
But yeah, Dennis Rodman was having a great time in the 90s. I gotta say, the whole dyeing your hair to look like leopard print or to be all multicolored, he's got the piercings, he's riding around in motorcycles, drinking beers, smoking cigarettes, hanging out with prostitutes. Great. That's, I don't want, I don't want sports stars to be role models. I like it when sports stars act like rock stars. When they're like, yeah, so I got off the court uh, for halftime, I drank a case of beer, and uh, did some cocaine, and then I decided, hey, let's go back and uh, let's do some, uh, let's do some jump shots. <laughs> There's something just unreal about that. Also, man, he's like, I got kicked out of my house at 18, and then... I just kind of was homeless for two years, living in my car or on people's couches, going to the gym, shooting hoops. And then like somebody from a college came and was like, hey, do you want to come play college ball for us? And I was like, okay. <laughs> How is that your life? That's an un... That, he's Chaz, he's Will Ferrell's character from Blades of Glory. He came up in the underground skating halls, <laughs> skating in the sewers. To become one of the greatest figure skaters in the world. That's Dennis Rodman's real life story. <laughs> oh. It's crazy to me that... Just how people's perception in the public can change so much over time. In both, like me, not being a sports guy, before I watched this documentary, I was like, oh yeah, Dennis Rodman is like... You know, he was on celebrity rehab and stuff. He's had some problems. He's had some tough times in his life. He hangs out with Kim Jong-un. He's, <laughs> he's an interesting person. He's a character. And then you go back and watch this and you're like, wait, he was also like one of the best defensive players in the league. <laughs> he was also that. How do you go from best defensive player in the league on one of the, arguably, the greatest team of all time in a sport to playing basketball with Kim Jong-un? How is that your life? What a roller coaster Dennis Rodman has had. Water break. Oh, getting dried out. Crazy. Looney Tunes, Space Jam, also crazy. How, how was that a movie that got made? Who came in to a meeting at Warner Brothers? What genius came in and was like, okay, hey, it's the 90s. Metallica doing well with the Black Album. I think at that point. I think it probably came out in the same year. We've got Metallica killing it. Madonna's killing it. We've It's a weird time. The 90s. What if we made it weirder? What if we took a bunch of animated characters who are at this point already dated and old and we just made them play basketball with Michael Jordan in a movie. And, like, here's a good question. 
what did that movie cost? How much money were they willing to throw at that idea? Let's find out. $80 million. <laughs> Can you imagine coming into a fucking boardroom and going, I've got a great idea. Michael Jordan, Bugs Bunny, Danny DeVito, Bill Murray, Newman from Seinfeld, and also Larry Bird. <laughs> Together at last. <laughs> the obvious combination that the people of the world have been begging for. I would like $80 million to get it done. And the executives at Warner Brothers just went, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I feel like people, people who, like people who are Gen Z and all that, they live in this blissful world of always having had memes in the internet and things always being kind of mile a minute and... They've lived in strange times their whole life. This is what the 90s were, was just, hey, sure. The 90s, the 90s whole like catchphrase might have just been, why not? <laughs> why not? Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's also, to be fair, some great stuff came out of the 90s, undeniably. The 90s had Pearl Jam. They Someone heard a guy's voice that was... And they went, yeah, sure. Why not? Why isn't he the biggest star in the world? It's great. The 90s were amazing. Every... Every show for kids was just an ad for the toys, which also I feel like that's every generation. Every TV show for kids is just a commercial for toys. <laughs> I loved Transformers when I was a kid. I also, I'm going to bet that I made my parents buy thousands of dollars worth of Transformers over the course of my childhood. And I went back and rewatched I shouldn't say went back and rewatched. I went back and tried to rewatch Beast Wars like five years ago and couldn't do it. It's not good. It's really not good. There's some shows hold up from your childhood. Some shows do not hold up. Beast Wars didn't hold up. I like doing that, though. I like going back and watching shows from my childhood and seeing how they hold up. I've got a hot take. Don't think the original Pokemon series holds up. Every episode, there's only two villains in that whole show. Jesse and James and Meowth, I suppose. And they use them every episode. <laughs> every episode is just these, this, these three incompetent yahoos trying to steal Pikachu... And they're, they, at, at a certain point, you're 20 episodes in, they've never even come close to achieving their goal. And you're like, hey, it's just background at that point. It's like, yeah, okay, here's what <laughs> the plot is. Ash is doing this. He's got to do this. Also, in the background, nah, Team Rocket are like just trying to do some stuff. 
They're never achieving anything. They are not a threat to Ash at all. <laughs> Even like Ash's incompetent friends, like let's be honest, Brock's an idiot. How is he a gym leader? Gym leader appears to be one of the most sought after professions in the world of Pokemon. It's gym leader is like you are the Michael Jordan, except Brock is an idiot who can't get anything done. Also, in a game that is built upon matchups of going, hey, lightning doesn't work against rock. Water will beat rock. Why would you ever only use one type of Pokemon? Why is it that every character in that game... <laughs> every character in that game uses one type of Pokemon? <laughs> Misty's like, all I use is water. <laughs> and then you have the bird gym and the fighting gym. And all you have to do to be the best at that game is just not use one of the same, just not, just use different kinds of Pokemon. How is that? How does that make you the champion? <laughs> it's what other thing could that work in where you're like, yeah, all I do it's like if you were, it's like if you were a quarterback and you're like, I'm the running quarterback. All I do is hand it off. I only do inside handoffs. <laughs> I'm never going to throw the ball. That's the throwing quarterback. You got to play him next. <laughs> and you're like, okay, well, why did you announce that to me? Now I know how to beat you. <laughs> Every single, every champ, how did they become gym leaders? How did they become champions when they're like, I'm the poison guy? Well, all you got to do is bring a Pokemon that can beat poison types. <laughs> and I guess you beat me. <laughs> how the elite four, I'm the fighting guy. Don't use a psychic against me, though, or you'll sweep my entire team. You'll be Michael Jordan. <laughs> Pokemon does not hold up. Yu-Gi-Oh! Loved it as a kid. Doesn't hold up. <laughs> Every single episode is just, oh, I gotta play some more cards again, I guess. And then when I can't, oh, he's got the card that beats my card. I guess I'll just pull out a card you've never seen before and I'll win. Unreal. Avatar The Last Airbender aggressively holds up. I will rewatch that show on a every couple years basis. However, it is also, it is, it is disheartening to realize that most of the shows that I enjoyed in my youth were shameless toy commercials. The whole point of Yu-Gi-Oh! was <laughs> the, the overarching theme of the show, of the writing, was, hey, get your parents to go to Target and buy yourself a booster pack. <laughs> the whole, they really tried to make it seem like that show was about friendship and overcoming the odds and coming together and believing in yourself. But really, what it was about 
was if your parents don't buy you a booster pack of cards when you go to Walmart, throw a fit. <laughs> That's the only way to be as good as Yugi. Water break. Oh, that, uh, it's crazy, man. Childhood, like the 90s, I was six when the 90s ended, so I don't really remember it. I, obviously, it was during the 90s that I had my formative years of early childhood, which I'm sure a lot of, uh, you know, uh, studies have proven is very influential. Uh, but really, when I think about it, like a lot of the things that I was really into are 2000s things. Like Yu-Gi-Oh! was 2000s. Avatar Last Airbender was 2000s. I'm going to bet Beast Wars was late 90s into early 2000s. And the 2000s were way weirder than the 90s by a mile. And I think it's because of Y2K. Like I think... We all thought the world was going to end in 1999. And so everything after that was just like, hey, we're living in a future that we didn't think we were going to see. We are <laughs> we're living on borrowed time. <laughs> so just let's try and make stuff as weird as possible. Look back at some celebrities now when they like look back at like Justin Timberlake in the early 2000s where he had like the bleached blonde spiked out curly hair and like the outfit choices are unreal jinko jeans jinko jeans just were tarps that you wore on your leg the bottom of each leg hole was wider than the waist hole of the pants and, oh, I don't like waist hole for pants. Ugh. That's the new, <laughs> that's the new sales feature on my new brand of pants. Waist hole. They just have a butt flap. <laughs> Jeans with a butt flap. <laughs> waist hole. Ugh. Grouse. And Jinko Jeans, the fact that new Metal was like, the fact that Limp Biscuit were a popular band in a way of being like a pop band they were so big the fact that jay-z did a, co a collaboration album with lincoln park and lincoln park were the bigger selling draw of that that was the 2000s everything was just hey we shouldn't be here we thought all the all the computers were going to go down in 2000. We thought New Year's Eve was going to be the end of the planet. So I guess, yeah, just whatever. Sure. 2000s, man. <laughs> it was uh, like so much weird stuff in the 2000s. Shrek was great, but think about that movie as a concept. He's a... He's a green ogre who lives in a swamp. It's all just going to be references to famous fairy tales and Eddie Murphy. Weird. It was a weird time. 
And maybe that's what's going to happen after COVID. Is there's because there is a little bit of the mentality right now of like, well, this is the end of the world. <laughs> after this, stuff's going to get weird. This amount of like, because I, I, you know, I don't remember Y2K. I don't remember what the psychic energy of the population was like at that time, but I can't imagine it was anywhere near what this is. <laughs> the amount of just psychic damage that everyone is taking right now, there is going to be some weird stuff that comes out of this. Once stuff starts to go quote unquote back to normal, it's, it's going to be like 90s to 2000s. Stuff is going to go weird. <laughs> What's, you know what the new, let's think about how we went from Nirvana, like what, you know, the defining acts of the 90s, I would say was grunge, was Nirvana. And then the defining early 2000s was just like boy bands and new metal, just corn just weird white dudes in dreadlocks with Adidas tracksuits making weird, heavy rap rock. That was the whole aura of the 2000s, even more so than the 90s. I'm going to change my stance on this. The 2000s were when stuff just really became, sure, why not? Let's give it a try. We're living on borrowed time. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what we're gonna have coming out of this coming out of covid it's just gonna be people going peanut butter and ketchup sandwiches sure why not <laughs> we 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 were all supposed to die in a zombie apocalypse a couple of years ago i think yeah sure let's yeah sure Peanut butter and ketchup sandwiches? Why not? I think that's where we go from here. It's crazy to me the amount of this whole COVID thing. It is, it's causing psychic damage to all of us and people are starting to break. I saw, there was a guy, like the amount of the conspiracy theories around it, the whole pandemic thing, which if you shared pandemic. Do a little research before you share something on Facebook. Because it's all fake. It's great, though. I love it. There's a someone, one of my Facebook friends, shared this. Why not question everything? And it's, it's not a share, I should say. It's a post, but it is clearly a copy and paste. Why... Who are these people who, instead of clicking share on something, copy and paste it as a status? That's such a weird thing to do. There's a share feature built into the website. Why are you copying and pasting things? Why not question everything, it says. Why can you go to Walmart but not Kohl's? Well, rule or, uh, reason number one would be there's no Kohl's in Canada. You could never go to Kohl's. <laughs> COVID or not, Kohl's wasn't an option. And also, I would assume, having never been to a Kohl's, that Kohl's is a department store, so they don't sell groceries. 
<laughs> I think more of what's happening to Walmart right now is because they sell groceries, not because they sell kids' toys and bikes. Why the dollar store and not a mom and pop shop? Well, if the mom and pop shop sold groceries, or also, don't know, man. What is the what is the question being asked here? What's the underlying thing of are they saying like is is the, is the mentality they're trying to destroy mom and pop shops which okay build like yes giant corporations are trying to destroy mom and pop shops but I don't think they need to orchestrate a fake pandemic to do it I think they're just already doing it. <laughs> Why would they go, hey, you know what? We're already, they're already Michael Jordan just dominating the mom and pop shops. And why would they go, hey, why don't we give up a year of sales for ourselves by creating a fake pandemic so we can finally just, oh, knock those mom and pop shops off the map. That doesn't make sense. You can't, why can't you have an elective surgery, but you can have an abortion, which is elective? I don't want to get too political, but lip injections aren't generally as time sensitive as abortions are. You can't do, you can't put off an abortion. <laughs> I oh, don't want to say it, but you got to do that earlier. There's a, there's a clock. Why should you stay inside, but yet heat and sunlight kill the virus? Because no matter how much heat and sunlight kill the virus, there's no sunlight inside your body, I would assume, so it's still in your body and it's not so much, hey, don't go outside because of the heat and sun out there. It's more because your friends and uh, strangers in the outside world might be carrying the virus. It's not so much that outside can kill you. It's what's outside can kill you. It's the same thing as you're not afraid of the dark. You're afraid that there might be something in the dark. Why can't kids who are not at risk, except they are, uh, play on an outdoor playground where sun kills this virus? Well, because they can still get it from other kids on the playground and then spread it around like little, little virus moths. Why don't people know that these are recommendations, not law? A law goes through due process. I think people do know their recommendations and also some of them are laws now. Why is it okay for government officials to get a haircut but not common citizens? That's a good point. Are they though? Where are they get are they where are they getting are they not just doing their own haircuts? Is this a thing? Is this a scandal that we don't know about? Is he bringing something to the light? Is this investigative journalism that we're seeing in the works? <laughs> Why the fear when this virus has a less than 1% death rate? I think you will find by uh, doing a quick math that Canada's currently sitting at a 7% death rate, which is significantly higher than less than one. Why have coroners questioned death certificates listed as COVID-19? 
Don't know. I'm not a I'm not a coroner. Are you a coroner? I don't think he's a coroner. Is that just something that you saw someone copy and paste it on a Facebook post? Or have you been out talking to coroners? Is that part of your daily routine? Is you're like, well, you know, I got to go and I got to uh, get up, get some coffee. I got to take the kids to school. I got to get in a conference call with all the coroners I know and find out uh, the legitimacy of these COVID-19 deaths. <laughs> Why are areas like Chicago and New York gearing up for mass vaccination? Probably because there's a deadly virus. <laughs> what a stupid thing of like, hmm, this <laughs> What a stupid thing to use as like, this is how I will catch people. Oh, I got you now. <laughs> Why are they gearing up for mass vaccination? Probably because there's a virus. <laughs> what makes one person essential and another not? Their job. Their job is the answer to that. If their job is essential for us to stay alive, then they're essential. It's not so much that people are essential, it's that jobs are essential. Doesn't shelter at home mean doesn't shelter at home mean there is a whole population of people not staying home so we can. Okay, I get that. That's okay, that's but what like yeah that's your last question essential jobs yeah yeah as many people as we can need to shelter in place but not all i guess because otherwise we'd starve to death why are they dividing us i don't think they are i think that's i think that's a dumb thing to say how do people not know that we are a republic not a democracy i don't know what that means it's, I thought a republic was a democracy. Maybe I'm wrong. Probably wrong. I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a re republic boy. I almost said Republican. Where is the, where has the flu gone? Well, I would assume that people staying inside would cause less flu transmission as well. <laughs> what, what's the conspiracy that's being touted there? There. <laughs> They're, they're phasing. The flu was fake this whole time, too. <laughs> they're phasing it out. The flu was not essential. Why are they telling us to mask up after two months of lockdown? I don't know, man. There's just so much of this. It's just like, what's... Like, how are people going... Is there anything in reality anymore that people will di not dispute the legitimacy of anything that like reality has become a democracy at this point. Reality is just whatever people believe. I guess it's all the secret. It's coming right back to people trying to go up against Jordan is, Hey, if you believe it, then it's true. <laughs> <laughs> all of these things that it's just, hey, whatever you can convince enough people to copy and paste onto their Facebook status, that's what reality is now. <laughs> and people know it. That's how these things, that's why pandemic works, is they're like, well, I think if we all uh, can acknowledge, if we can get enough people to say this is what's happening, 
then that's what's happening, I guess. <laughs> There's too many people right now who are going the other way from this, and we, all we need to do to fix it is we need to convince them that all of this is fake. We just need to visualize ourselves not having the virus, and that's how we can beat it. <laughs> Little do we know, I... The virus, the virus is the Michael Jordan of 2020. It'll beat you. <laughs> Doesn't matter how much you believe in yourself. <laughs> It'll get you. It's gonna, it's gonna score 40 points and a half. That's just how it rolls. <laughs> oh, it's crazy, man. Crazy, crazy. I also, I want to talk about the stormtrooper in Lethbridge because I think it's crazy too. It's crazy. All of life is crazy now. And that's something we need to accept. There was a, there was a Star Wars themed cantina in Lethbridge, which I don't know what Disney would say about that. I, I don't know if you, if, I don't know if you can start a business using someone else's intellectual property. I don't know what the rules are there but I suspect they're being sidestepped. <laughs> and they had a 19-year-old employee in a Stormtrooper costume out in the parking lot trying to promote people in on May the 4th for Star Wars Day to come in and get some drive-in service, some parking lot. I'm assuming all the staff were on roller skates. If not, you know, shut up. And they got calls that there was someone in a Stormtrooper costume with a gun, never in mind that it was an E-11 blaster rifle. And so the police came, pointed guns at a 19-year-old girl in a Stormtrooper costume with a plastic gun, forced her to the ground, bloodied her nose, and people are understandably outraged. This <laughs> William Shatner got involved. He was tweeting about it. He was just throwing slams against the Lethbridge Police Department, talking about how one of their officers ran over a deer six times to kill it like a year and a half ago. <laughs> Man, that's gotta be bad. How much do you have to fuck up at work for Captain Kirk to tweet at you? <laughs> And just be like, you did a bad job. He's, man, it's not even like it was a Klingon. It's not even like it was a Star Trek character. It was a Star Wars character. His natural enemy. And he was still like, I gotta come to their aid. Nerds unite. But here's the thing. All these people who are coming to the defense of this stormtrooper and saying they did nothing wrong, the one thing that they should know, and this, you know, wasn't in a lot of the news, wasn't in the press conference, they didn't talk about this a lot because they want to create this victim narrative. They were one of the stormtroopers that killed Luke's aunt and uncle. There, I said it. There's leaked documents on WikiLeaks. It was one of the stormtroopers that shot uh, Owen Lars and his wife, whose name I can't remember, but I feel like that's Star Wars' fault, not mine. <laughs> I don't know. If the, did they ever say your name? 
I'm sure they did. Probably when Luke wanted to go and uh, uh, go into Tashi Station, get some power converters. <laughs> but had to moisture farm. That's a uh, man. Can you imagine you're already taking psychic damage at a societal level from having to work in the middle of a pandemic at the Star Wars Cantina? You're already all this stress, the board, just the low level, I shouldn't say low level, mid level stress that all of society is feeling right now. And you go into work, put on a stormtrooper costume with a plastic E11 blaster rifle out in the parking lot, and the cops show up and point real guns at you. <laughs> that's so stressful. Holy, what a, that sucks. But then William Shatner, Captain Kirk himself, teleports in on the old Twitter box to come to your assistance. That is quite the roller coaster of emotions. That poor kid. That's nuts. Oh, I think that's, I think that's where we end it. I think, you know, is it a sour note to end it on? Maybe, but I think, I think that's where we end it. I think we got to stop trying to, we got to stop, stop just sharing stuff on Facebook. When you see it, don't share Plandemic. I didn't see Plandemic get shared that much from people. I'll admit, which is good. Made me proud. But just, you've got time right now. Do some research before you share something. It's not like you're busy. Do a Google search. Read some news reports. Collect from some different sources. Don't just rely on your belief in yourself that you're right. Don't try and manifest correctness. Try and, try and have a bit of a nuanced take on it. Otherwise, we're not going to be able to enjoy our resurgence of 2000s era insanity that I hope comes out of this lockdown. That's it for me. Love you guys. Mwah.